It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I am Ross Tucker. You heard the former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years. Need to put my phone on silent when I start the show. And I love, love, love college football. I love the NFL draft. And I love that this show combines both of those things. Here's the deal. For 18 NFL teams, The draft starts now. First of all, the draft is a year-round thing. But for the fans, your season is over. Uh, I'm not trying to say that to be mean. I'm just trying to say the reality is you guys are already on to next season. Coaches are changing, being fired, etc. This is the podcast. You've come to the right place to make sure you are well-informed for the 2023 NFL draft. Please check me out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. I think most of you know I have giveaways every week on Ross Tucker Football Podcast. So love giving away signed press passes or pictures or cards, whatever you guys are looking for. So please listen to that show as well. We're recording this a day later than usual because we wanted to be able to break down the national championship game. That was not real fun. But we're going to break it down anyway, at least from a prospect perspective. And by we, I really mean me and my guy, Emery Hunt, at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. It's footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. I should probably make it mandatory to buy the draft guide to listen or watch the podcast, but I don't think there's any really way to do that. So just trust me on this. Just if you've been listening to Emery, he's the man. Um, and he's showing why he's the man right now. Those of you watching at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, this is a role reversal. Emery not only is in a hotel room, he made the beds just for this show. He made the bed. You know, Emery, I always try to position myself when I'm in hotel rooms. I try to position the camera in a way that you can't see the bed so I don't actually have to make it. Um, but you're next level, man. You're like straight military, Emery. Well, here's the thing. This bed, the, the one on this side, has never been used. I've been sleeping in this one. And so, you know, I'm up early. So I got up about about an hour before we did this thing to watch some film, the breakdowns of film, get a jump start, you know, as, as, as I always do. And so because I was on CBS HQ last night um, for the, up until from the kickoff up until halftime, I had to make the bed, and the way this room is configured, there's no other way for me to sit to where I can plug in all the things that I need to really operate. So, yeah, you're going to get a made bed in this situation. Your computer uh, camera is fantastic. It's a it's a HD uh, Logitech. I bought this upon, say, three years ago. It's fantastic. Yeah, man, right? it, is, it is so crisp and clear and looks awesome. I have a I ring mean, that's, too. That's amazing nowadays what people can do. Um, so anyway, footballgameplan.com 
slash 2023 draft guide is absolutely where it's at. Um, a bunch of things to get into, Emery. Kind of going to be a hodgepodge day. You know, we're obviously going to talk about last night from a, a bunch of different perspectives. But you're all over the All-Star Game circuit as well. It's funny just seeing you, uh, seeing your tweets at uh, F-Ball Game Plan. I know a lot of these quarterbacks that are at the All-Star Game that you're at. I mean, I've called games for uh, Nikosi Perry and Reese Sadinsky and stuff. So it's why you got to be following Emory always at F-Ball Game Plan. And then there have been some interesting decisions in terms of stay or go for certain prospects, probably more interesting to me is some of the stay decisions. So I want to get to that as well. Let's start though, Emery, with last night's game. And I like to kind of just give you a blank slate after a game like that. I just want to get your overall thoughts before I, you know, attempt to steer you in any type of specific direction. You know, it was just fascinating to watch in real time a team's will to win get taken away so quickly and so early. You know, TCU looked like they were they were um, expected to lose that game. You know, from a mentality standpoint, they didn't. It's almost like they thought, oh, "Well, this is Georgia. Georgia's supposed to do this, but we really don't have an answer. Let's just try to get out of here alive." It was shocking to see, and it was only seven nothing. And then they had the busted play to get down the field. You score. And then after that, Georgia goes right back and scores again. And the funny part is the things that we saw in Michigan's game against TCU were a lot of the same things we saw in this game sans the turnovers for Michigan. Georgia did what Georgia was supposed to do, protect the ball. They knew TCU couldn't essentially move the ball consistently on them. I mean, if we're being honest, TCU had issues moving the football consistently against Michigan. It was a couple of busted plays and also the turnovers that really flipped things on his head and a couple of wonky turnovers right there on a goal line or whatnot. But TCU really looked like Purdue in the Citrus Bowl against LSU. It was a straight beatdown, but early on, just seeing the team's will to win get taken away, I had never seen that so quickly before. Really disappointing. And I thought after the touchdown by TCU – I thought maybe we had a chance to keep it interesting for a while. You know, like I thought, okay, what was it, 10-7? I'm like, all right. You know, they held him to a field goal once, and now they scored a touchdown. Like, okay, they, they've settled in a little bit. Yeah, no, not, not even close. And uh, very disappointing. That's obviously not what any of us want or are looking for in a national championship game like that. Uh, there's a lot of specific players that I could ask you about, Emery, but I'll again go blank slate and just get your thoughts on any prospects in this game that really stood out to you positively, maybe like a Stetson Bennett or some of these other guys, or negatively, maybe like a Max Duggan. Well, firstly, we can't let North Dakota State off the hook. I'm in Fort Worth, Texas right now, about 40 minutes south of Frisco, Texas. South Dakota State beat the brakes off them to win their first national title and to do it against your hated rival in a championship game in, in that fashion was phenomenal. So we got chatted on both 
Division One championship games because neither was competitive. South Dakota State dominated from start to finish um, as a TCU. But to your point, look at the um, – I, I, I don't know what you think about this, Ross, but I find this fascinating. The last two playoff games for Georgia, the one versus Ohio State and the one versus TCU, where has Jalen Carter been, right? You know, and this is someone that we're – hoping to be we're projecting to be the number one pick or at least at worst number three so he hasn't really shown up now granted when people have to adjust game plans for you that's a set that's a sense of showing up you know i know people love to say pressures and things like that a lot of times pressures sound like you haven't gotten there you know so he had to be off the field a lot against ohio state and we saw him not really as much of a factor against TCU. Granted, everybody was a factor against TCU. Um, but there, there, there are some questions on uh, whether or not you take him number one or Will Anderson number one, who also had his own questions in the playoffs. Um, and for Stetson Bennett, you know, I saw this this tweet earlier. And, it, you know, I get why he asked the question, um, you know, if – we're going to talk about Bryce Young's size and Stetson Bennett's size. And, okay, cool, they're both smaller quarterbacks. Then why is Bryce Young the slam dunk number one overall pick? He said, outside of age, why is Bryce Young the slam dunk number one overall pick and Stetson Bennett is not even scheduled to get drafted or may get drafted in the seventh round? Now, granted, age, from my, my point of view, my answer to that, definitely age plays a part in that role. Uh, he'll be a 26-year-old rookie. So that puts you, you – what you see is what you're going to get. There's no upside there to Stetson Bennett. Now, he could be an anomaly and be like Warren Moon or be like uh, Tom Brady and play until his mid-40s, right? But the average is that he's probably going to play until he's 35. But why is he considered undraftable and Bryce Young is considered the number one overall pick? I think Stetson Bennett, I've always, you know, said this. Obviously, I, I believe he's a if I'm an alternate league, XFL USFL, I get I throw the bank at him because that's the type of players you need in that league. But now you're looking at if you're an NFL team, we just watch Brock Purdy be Mr. Irrelevant and play well um in San Francisco. Why can't Stetson Bennett at least be that? You know, and so I think we just saw um a guy that I feel like he's better than, and not saying this in a negative sense, but we watched a Trace McSorley start a game. We watched David Blau start games. Stetson Bennett can play football, you know, in the NFL. It's just to what degree? So I, I do find the stark difference of two 5'11", 185-pound quarterbacks on two opposite ends of the spectrum. Totally agree. He's good. He's going to be like, oh, he's on a loaded team. What, <laughs> what do you think all these Alabama quarterbacks have been playing on all these years? Right. You think they've been playing with chumps around them? I mean, they've been playing with loaded teams too. Very loaded teams. So I don't really buy that part of it at all. I think the age is a factor, but also Hendon Hooker, Sean Clifford, a lot of these quarterbacks are that old now. And by the way, quarterbacks play till they're 35. So, okay, so what are you worried about with Stetson Bennett's age? You're worried that he's only going to have a 10-year career? <laughs> And then he's going to be 35. Like, who cares? If the concern is he doesn't have as much of an upside because of it, okay, that's a conversation that we can probably have. 
um, that maybe there's not as much of an upside. But he also hasn't been playing as much as some of these other guys do. So maybe there is still more there. You know, I, I tweeted last night, half-joking, uh, Emery, I said that Stetson Bennett is going to be an awesome slot receiver for the Patriots next year. <laughs> Can't you just see that? I can't unsee that now. <laughs> Stetson Bennett, Welker, Edelman the fourth. I mean that dude. <laughs> Stetson Bennett, Welker, Edelman the fourth. <laughs> it would it would be hard if he didn't have Lab Makaki there. And like if there was no Lab Makaki, I could buy your your statement. But Lab Makaki helps take some of that slot receiver smoke off Stetson Bennett. <laughs> Lab McConkey is an athlete. Yes. Now, they kept talking about how bad his knees are or whatever. I'm, I'm sitting thinking, like, if I'm his parents, I'm like, yo, be quiet. Why do you keep saying <laughs> right. how bad his knees are and all the injections he needs and he can't even walk and all that? Like, that's not helping him ever get any dollars other than NIL dollars. Like, shut up. Please stop saying that. You're not helping. Um, but, dude, but that guy, uh, in all sincerity, Ladd McConkey's an athlete. That one catch he went up and got, he looked like he looked like a deer. It looked like Bambi jumping up for the ball. Funny you say Bambi because what I threw out there last night in the tweet, I threw out Lance Allward. I was like, yo, every time I look up, this dude McConkey is flying by somebody on a deep over route, flying by somebody on a post, flying by somebody on a catch and run crosser, and just making acrobatic catches. Granted, it may not be a one to one, but goddamn, every time I look up, McConkey is looking like Bambi out there. By the way, before I forget, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS right now. New customers with the NFL playoffs here. Bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. So the Maryland folks, the Ohio folks, I know you guys got DraftKings there now. I think Massachusetts maybe soon. Go get it, man. Go get the free $200 and free bets instantly. Code Ross at the DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, so we talked about Stetson Bennett. We talked about Ladd McConkey a little bit. What kind of pro prospect is Max Duggan, Emery? I'm glad you prefaced that by saying pro. He is, you know, again, being in Fort Worth, Texas, been on my way down here from Jersey, um, I was on a plane with Shane Simpson, who was drafted by the D.C. Defenders of the XFL. And we chatted up a little bit because, you know, they he was flying down here because their training camp has started. They have to report. And so we're, we're seeing a lot of the XFL players now in training camp here in Fort Worth and Dallas and Arlington, right? Um, I said all that to say that's where Max Duggan should be. Again, if I'm a league, I throw money at Max Duggan. I let him compete there. NFL quarterback-wise, I, I, I there's limitations in his ability, you know, as a passer to put it bluntly, but not to, 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 you know, disparage him. I just feel like it doesn't throw the ball well consistently enough to where he can operate an NFL offense. However, spring league, give him some more reps, throwing the ball, give him some more reps to operate a pro offense and then reevaluate him from there. Again, older prospect and people, I'm glad the broadcast brought up. He lost a job early in the year. So he was scheduled to be the number two. And so there are some questions about whether or not he has the it, but you give him some credit for being able to bring his team back. And, and, you know, the Kansas state game, he's an athlete. He does a great job there. He does a great job in Michigan, even though he was struggling to find the few plays that he needed to make, he made those plays 
So you give him some some credit there too. I just feel like he needs a little bit more grooming, and he won't get that, in my opinion, in, in the NFL. But he can get that in the USFL or XFL. Yeah, I'm I'm bummed that they got embarrassed like that because it really it does kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth from an otherwise amazing season because it's like they got so beat down. Uh, the only other thought I had, I guess, from the game, Emery, like, I don't know how you feel about this, but there's no way the Brock Bowers kid shouldn't be able to go to the NFL. There's just no way. I mean, he's been a dominant college football player for two years. Two years. Some of you guys are good for one year or half a year and they go pro. He's been a dominant college football player for two years. He should be able to start to make money from that. Like, at a minimum, if I'm him, I'm going in the transfer portal and just seeing how much NIL money I can get for one year of college. I mean, I already won two national championships. So let me try to get – if I'm going to have to play football next year, first of all, I would consider not playing at all. Secondly, mm-hmm. if I'm going to play football, I would kind of see who the highest bidder is. That's the thing, I guess, Emery, is you can kind of be – you can kind of turn pro without turning pro now. Yeah, it, it makes sense. And I, I didn't think of that part of it, Ross. It's a great uh, point. If you're him, you can now decide, okay, I'm going to get paid to play this last season. And whoever has the highest bidder, it could be Alabama, it could be Yale. doesn't matter, right? Whoever can throw the most bones at you. And it's funny, this this upcoming season for him, I guarantee is going to remind me a lot of uh, what we saw from Julius Peppers at North Carolina. It's like, all right. This dude probably could have played in the pros as a freshman. He was physically imposing. He was built like a pro defensive end. He was doing ridiculously athletic things. We see Brock Bowers do that this year. We saw saw him do it last year, like you said. And so this is just the formality. He's just going to be – and now you're going to run a risk of how people talked about Julius Peppers that final year at North Carolina. Like they talked – they're going to talk about Brock Bowers. Like they talked about a Jadevian Clowney. Um is he protecting himself for the draft? He, he's not having the best of years. He's taking plays off, yada, yada. Both guys still ended up going number one overall. And I'm not saying Bowers is going number one overall, but I'm just saying you can understand if his production doesn't look the same next year because why should it? I mean, this guy has to make sure he stays healthy to get the most value out of his, uh, his play uh, in college. So, um, Bunch of different things um, to get to otherwise, Emery. I, I, I want to get to your all-star game that you're at. Um, I mean, honestly, I gotta be honest, Emery, you go to all-star games I've never even heard of. Like I don't I don't know how long they've been around. Like, tell me about the one you're at now and who's it really for and what teams are there. Just give me a breakdown. It's the college gridiron showcase has been around since 2014 and you know, it started out of Addison, Texas, and then it moved to Dallas, Fort Worth, and it's kind of been in this area, you know, for for a while. I've been coming to this All Star Game. My first year coming here was 2018 or 19, and I was blown away at the efficiency of the event. You know, there's seminars for players with you know with uh, how to be a pro, uh, you know, how to manage money, you know, what to look for in the NFL, how to handled the NFL or professional life. Uh, so that's part that that's, that takes place at the host hotel, which we're in now There's different uh, convention rooms or whatnot, our uh, meeting rooms. And then 
the on the field part, what makes it so unique, there's three separate, well, there's four groups. The first group is a small college group, which is called the Marshalls group. So that was about 300 or so or 150 players that came in Saturday and Sunday. They had a, a day of practice in front of scouts. And then the Sunday they had a scrimmage so they can, you know, get the full live, you know, SmackDown or whatnot. Then yesterday, which is Monday, you have the two other groups, the upper group, which is the Marshals and Desperado, or Wranglers and Desperados. So these are comprised of mostly FBS and FCS guys. And you may have a couple of call-ups from that Marshals group, which is predominantly FCS, D2, D3, NAIA. Um, so you see a, a good mix of the FBS and FCS guys competing um, together and with some of those, those guys that perform really well in the Marshalls group. And they're, they're, they're performing today. Yesterday was an individual practice. Today we have the Desperado offense going up against the Wrangler defense and vice versa. Um, but I'll, and then Wednesday is a scrimmage. That's a unique part about this game. There's no game at the end. It's a scrimmage, a full contact scrimmage, each team going up against each other. Um, and so it's, it's been great. You have every NFL team here. You have the XFL scouts here, USFL scouts here, um, and, and personnel uh, decision makers for the USFL. I saw a couple of DPPs, director player personnel, um, here as well. Uh, some teams, some NFL teams have multiple scouts. And I will say this for this year, it's the first time since the first year of this event that the Pittsburgh Steelers show up. Because normally the Pittsburgh Steelers don't go to all-star games where kids have to pay to participate. Um, So it's usually 31 out of 32 NFL teams. But this year, there's all 32 here, including Pittsburgh, who has sent multiple scouts. So it's been packed. Yesterday was packed with scouts and um, out there watching these guys compete uh, in full practices. And it's been great. And I leave here today or this afternoon after you know, the practices, I head out to the Hula Bowl, uh, which kicks off today, but I'll catch practice Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, of then. So I I like going to these things, Ross, because this is where we're in week eight or week six, or in some cases we're in the preseason and people are like, well, who the hell is Danny Kittner out of University of Mary? When then I raise my hand like, hey, you know, this is a guy that was killing it at the college <laughs> showcase that had all the scouts going ooh and ah about what he was doing out here on the field. So who is Danny um, Kittner? Tremendous wide receiver, bro. Like this dude, his, you talk about slot receivers. He He's your quintessential slot receiver. Now here's the thing, his quarterback. Now last year they had the big receiver. Um, I, his name slips my mind, but he was, I graded him. I graded him really well. He was a big physical receiver. Then he had Kittner. So they had two, receivers and his quarterback logan nelson who i thought was coming out last year but went back for the extra year uh, to play with kittner and nelson had a bad year but kittner still continued to to go off um one of the best receivers in division two he's about five nine ish about 185 routes are ridiculous he gets himself open catches with his hands catches in traffic knows how to separate got great body control it wouldn't surprise me to see him get a call up to perhaps NFL PA or, uh, you know, shrine, or maybe even follow me down the way to the hula bowl. Um, so the, the, he's someone that's been performing really well, but that's, that's why you come to these games. If you're a true draft analyst and want to be serious about the scouting life, these are the games you go. And, and I'm saying this, you know, 
kind of motivating, but also, you know, just kind of like saying, hey, man, you know, everybody could go to the Shrine and Senior. Um, it's easy to look at the Ohio State helmet and say, yeah, that Ohio State kid, boy, I really like him. Like, well, yeah, duh, he went to Ohio State. But you come here, you you really get to see the difference in, okay, what, what can work in the pros, what level of pro, what league of pro. This is what where you really sharpen your – your scouting blade, so to speak, at these events. Absolutely. Um, love it. Um, in terms of the decisions, we were talking earlier, Emery, about some of these guys, you know, that are deciding to that to stay in school and, you know, maybe like Blake Bowers or Brock Bowers, I'm sorry, should kind of go to the highest bidder. What do you make of like, you know, Blake Corum coming back to Michigan, I kind of get because of the knee injury and, and the rehab. What about like Jared Verse from Florida State, from Albany, top 15 pick? I mean, he must be getting some pretty good NIL money. I, I got to be honest with you, I would never, ever recommend a top 15 pick to return to school, ever. I can't imagine a situation where I would tell them that I think that's a smart move. Right, because you know this as, as well as anybody. If you're a top 15 pick, the money you're going to get is insane, right? But also, you can only get worse if you go back to school because now you give them, them in terms of scouts, more opportunity to poke holes in your game. And what if you don't go back and have a dominant year? Or what if you go back and say, well, I'm going to just kind of rest on my laurels and kind of take it easy this year and not play as hard and maybe I take some plays off? That's going to knock your grade down a little bit. Um, the goal is to transfer from Albany, prove that you can play against top competition. You prove that really well to where you had a top 15 grade and you go back. I, I hope the NIL money that he's got gotten comes out. And so that we can say, oh, okay, okay. They gave him top 15 money to come back. That's the only way it would justify not coming out. Plus, you know, it's a long season. Nowadays in college football, you know these dudes are playing damn near fifteen games. So you you really gotta understand total wear and tear on your body. You know I, I get you love your teammates. I get you love the school. You know maybe Florida State has always been a dream school. You want to get more than a year there and you know, really ingratiate yourself in the community. But you also got to think dollars and not cents. You know and right now he's thinking more dollars and not the you know the cents part of it you know what i'm saying to to play make have a play on words you got to go top 15 you got to go hey, that that one was the most shocking one we're still waiting to hear whether or not spencer rattler comes back that one is more intriguing than anything because i have a higher grade on him than i do will levis wow very interesting check him out on social media at fball game plan you obviously need to go to footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. I am at Ross Tucker NFL on social. We're at Ross Tucker pod, and we are going to be diving in heavy over the next few weeks into the shrine game, into the senior bowl. These are the top all-star games. We will be all over it. There will not be a place where you are more informed than the college draft podcast. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.